back to another edition of the I'm Always Right Sports Podcast. I am your host, as always, the mouth of Michigan, Robin Dyko. With me, as always, my co-host, the Merck Zone, Mike Merkel. I'm here. Mike, we got a loaded show for us today. We have a special treat for those who remember our early episodes, because it's only been about a year, I feel like. <laughs> the whale man, we, uh, Kyle Budzanowski, we have him via telephone call. And when I say via telephone call, I mean Mike is holding his phone with Kyle on speaker to talk some Michigan football. Kyle, what's going on, buddy? I'm good, Rob. I hope you can hear me. I hope everyone listening can hear me. <laughs> <laughs> he is in all of so. his glory right about now. Um, yeah, it's a good day for to be a Michigan fan. It's a good day to be a Michigan State fan. That's what we're going to talk about first this week, guys. We're going to talk into Extreme Rules. We're going to be talking a little bit. We're going to talk some Stafford action. We're going to talk uh, the Pistons. we got a lot of stuff covered for this week's show, but let's jump right in here. Kyle's got to go watch the awesome band known as Dan and Shay because I heard he's their number one fan. He was their number one guy on their email list. He pre-ordered tickets. He's driving to Grand Rapids by himself. <laughs> to go listen to this concert. He is stoked. So big Dan and Shea fan, Kyle Budzanowski is. But Kyle, um, enough about your Dan and Shea fandom. Talk to us about what you're seeing out of this Michigan team. I, I want to say it's a big win over Wisconsin because you're on the road at Wisconsin, but Wisconsin's also kind of poo-poo pants. So where are you at with this Michigan team with the potential to be going 7-0 and going into the Michigan State game later in the month? They are what they are. They're not yeah. very good. Their yep. defense obviously was pretty good against the run and pretty decent against the pass. But going into the game, you know, we've, we've, we've seen what happened when any Michigan team has gone to Wisconsin, and it's never been good. So going into the <laughs> game, I was terrified. I knew, I knew that it, it would most likely be close, but I yeah. knew that, you know, just from, from past 20 years going to Wisconsin, it usually was going to be good. And I, w- I was impressed. I know, you know, with – you know, if Michigan loses to like you know Penn State or whatever, Michigan State yep. or whatever, everyone's gonna say you know Wisconsin just kind of sucks. But I was very impressed because when you go to Wisconsin, especially Michigan, they obviously don't play. They play like the team that they're not at mm-hmm. all, mm-hmm. and they don't play like the team that they've been looking. And for the first time in a while, they've gone on the road and played as a team that they've been, and they they've done exactly what they've been doing. They they obviously weren't very successful running the ball, but they they went for it, and that that set up the uh, the flea flicker touchdown. And I was very impressed with with Cade McNamara. He obviously wasn't perfect, but he made some big throws when it mattered. And when you make those big throws, that's when you can pull pull away in a game like this. No, I, I think you're I think you're spot on, Mike. Similar question, right? What did, what did you think? The kind of comment on on Kyle's assessment as well on the on the team. No, I thought I thought they did a great job as well. Actually, Kyle, I have a quick question before I keep going. Were you more impressed with the offense or the defense? And I guess you can add special teams if they did something special too. But what side of the ball were you more more impressed to see do well against Wisconsin? Uh, I mean, I I mean, I would. I mean, I was very impressed with the defense, but at the same time, we obviously know what Wisconsin's offense is. So I'm gonna go with the offense, just being able to to to. Obviously, not just run the ball up the middle 45 times. They were able to adjust, <laughs> yep. especially after that second half when Wisconsin yeah. made it close. They were actually able to <clears throat> kind of open up the playbook, and we saw when it's working and <clears throat> when they're doing when they're executing right. We see how successful that can be, especially on the road when, with all those other with all the other circumstances around that. But I was mostly impressed with the offense and how Kate McNamara handled his first road test, <clears throat> and uh, and obviously Jason McCarthy, man, he just. 
Just when he throws that ball, it's just so exciting. Yeah. Um, yeah, so to counter that, I was actually more impressed with the defense. I know Graham Mertz is not what everyone thought he was, and the offense is just not rolling as well as it normally does. I heard but, but Michigan's offense has put up like crazy numbers the first couple weeks. <laughs> yeah. So I was like, I was expecting him to be able to run. Passing, not as much, but I think they did a pretty good job passing. Mm-hmm. Um, but that defense really just holding them to thir- 13 points yeah. is what it ended at. No, I think uh, it was 17. Or 17. 17, yeah. 38-17. 38-17. I thought that was like the best part because I thought it would be more of a shootout yes. in, a, in a stance. I thought Dax Hill played really good, and I thought Aiden Hutchinson did a really good job. Like they always do. But I want to ask you a question on the quarterback situation here. I have been very critical of Josh Gaddis, the play calling, and as well as Cade McNamara's play. Um, do you think that Michigan can get, you know, compete with high level teams like the Penn States? I think Michigan State, you should consider a high level team at this point. Ohio State with Cade McNamara at under center, because I am still somewhat concerned about the pass game and the consistency of the past game because today we are on Saturday we saw him play probably at his best but then we watched him play against Rutgers where they couldn't complete a pass the entire second half so talk to me a little bit about what you're seeing out of Cade do you think he's the right guy do you think that they should have pulled they pulled him and, and go with JJ I know we've seen very limited work out of JJ but I just feel like there's more I, I don't know confidence in the deep ball and making the big play with JJ under center well, I mean, when you look at it, I mean, it's kind of hard to tell, you know. You know, you're obviously 5-0. You mm-hmm. finally win at Madison, Wisconsin. It's it's really hard to be able to just say, yeah, it's time to put Caden when you obviously haven't lost a game yet. And at the end of the day, I mean, obviously there's things that Cade can work on. He obviously doesn't have that superior arm talent like JJ or doesn't have the running ability. Right. But as of right now, I mean, I know that there's stuff that can be worked on. But I, as of right, I mean, me personally, I think that as long as that he's given the opportunities to be put in a good rhythm where they're not just running, trying to run the ball as much mm-hmm. as possible and be conservative and open up the playbook, I think, I mean, we saw like yesterday with Cornelius Johnson that they do have the talent to go up against a team like, we'll say from Michigan State or even Penn State right now. I feel like <clears throat> Cade is just going to be the guy until he proves them otherwise, mm-hmm. until they lose a bad game or he plays so awfully that they need to put in J.J. And as good as J.J. is, JJ is I, I mean, I love him, but as good as he is, I feel like Cade is just going to be their guy for now until he proves them that he shouldn't. I mean, he hasn't thrown an interception in his career, and obviously he's more of a conservative. He's, he's not going to make that huge play. But at the end of the day, I feel like yeah. that's just going to be who they go with until he proves them otherwise. Do, do you see – you know what's funny is looking on old Harbaugh teams, right, I am seeing, I am seeing very eerie similarities in the way that they're running this offense to when Wilton Spate was here. Where Wilton Spate did not have supreme arm talent either, right? The deep ball wasn't, I would not say, super prevalent. Um, and I know they had some probably some better weapons on the outside when Spate was here the year that they should have beat Ohio State. Um, do you see any similarities uh, to that to that kind of setup where they are a run-first team that they have to run the ball somewhat effectively in order to set up the play action? Or am I kind of off base here? Because that's kind of how I feel it is. Because I don't think, especially under center, I don't think Michigan, since Harbaugh's gotten here, has had a better quarterback play than Spate. And now that's not a ringing endorsement of Will and Spate, but when you compare him to Jake Rudock and Shea Patterson – the and Joe Milton's just you know gross ass. It, I mean that's kind of where I'm at with where the offense is, especially with the quarterback position. 
No, I think I, I mean I think you're right on. I mean I think they're just trying to cater the offense to like what they have, what they have obviously, mm-hmm. and. And it's a, that's, I mean, they know their strength is running the ball. They have two great running backs, and they know that their offensive line has been able to dominate for most of the season. And so when you have a quarterback like Cade McNamara, who's not as mobile, mm-hmm. who doesn't have crazy arm talent, I mean, that's I mean that's obviously what you saw with Wilton Spate, and I think that's what they're trying to do um, with McNamara. And with Gad, I mean, it's a little different, obviously, with Gaddis. You have right. your speed and speed you try to You try to make those, <clears throat> you know, end around play stuff like that but i mean yeah i think it's very similar to just they're trying to cater to what mcnamara's abilities are and to try to give him the best chances to be successful and the team be successful all right right. last question before we move on and we lose you for a little bit here (laughs) um assuming michigan wins their next two against nebraska and northwestern michigan state wins their next two against rutgers and Name a team. A team that yeah. is not going to be good enough to beat Michigan State, I don't think. Yeah. They both go in 7-0. They'll both be top 10 probably at that time also. Yeah. Yeah. In Michigan State, October 30th, who do you have right now? Oh, man. It's, I mean, before before yesterday, I honestly would have either said it's a toss-up or I would probably give it to Michigan State just obviously because of this past playing away yeah. in tough road environments. But Michigan, they did – they did surprise me with how they went into Wisconsin and was able to 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 not to play to their strengths. They dominated. You can say it. They dominated yeah, that game. They, they really did from the onset out. I mean, I know at one point I think it was ten uh, seventeen to ten, mm-hmm. but after that, Michigan really pulled away, and you could tell basically from the opening kickoff they were the better football team. Mm-hmm. And I think what is huge is is dominating, not just dominating, but is getting a lead early mm-hmm. and taking the crowd out of it. I think a big thing with yes. yesterday was when they were just they were just dominating on the defensive end and they could they wouldn't have let the crowd get into it. So by the time that <clears throat> by the time it was, you know, second half, you know, the crowd was already out of it. They were they were they were the ones jumping around to the song. They were feeding off the energy and I think that's exactly what that you gotta do against Michigan State is dominate early and take the crowd out of it. Yeah, give they me won. a score, Kyle. Give me a score for that Michigan State game. Oh man, I I'm gonna take <laughs> I'll take a uh, 31 24 Michigan. Okay. All right, we so, got you marked down. So, all right, so we're going to try we're going to try to give these week by week updates yep. up to the game. We'll yeah. see how we'll see it's how the comments we'll they see how the Nebraska by a field goal and you go, "Ah, oh, they ain't beating anybody." Yeah. <laughs> so, let's we'll see. <laughs> but uh no, Kyle, that's great insight, man. You are the best when it comes to this Michigan program for sure. We really appreciate you hopping on. Hopefully we'll get you back in studio soon. All right, buddy? All right, thanks for having me. All right, thanks, guys. All right, see you later. All right. So. That's Kyle, man, and that's what Kyle brings to the show. I know sometimes people ask, you know, when he comes on and he throws these weird, wacky lines like Jared Cook should be the Lions' primary free agent signing. But when it comes to Michigan football and Michigan basketball, yeah, he, I, don't he, think, he really, I don't think there's anybody else who, who follows Yeah, he goes, he goes hard. He really does. I mean, we need to find a Michigan State guy, the, the, we the really, few of them, to come out here because, you know, we can talk about, you know, broad strokes with the Spartans a little bit and – you know, I don't watch every Spartan game. I'm not going to pretend like I do. I watch games where I think, you know, it'll be a good game. Like, I watched the Nebraska game, and I, was, I came impressed more with how Nebraska is so self-deprecating than I am about that I came away from the Spartans game. But, like, they play Western Kentucky on Saturday. That's not a litmus test in any stretch of the imagination. They run the ball. They do what Michigan does in, in a lot of aspects. Mm-hmm. I think they've got better outside weapons than Michigan does, especially with Ronnie Bell being out. Um 
And they look good. I was going to say, I like Michigan's defense a little yeah, more, though. I, I think I like Michigan's right, defense. Yes. Outside of their corners are yeah. a lot more stout than what Michigan State is. Yes. That's why this matchup is so intriguing because I'm yeah. like, you go and it's like, it's not like one team is like, oh, check mark in every single box. You right. got a lot of, okay, right. you like the receivers more here, but I like the D line more here. Yeah. I like Michigan's offensive line more. But Kenneth Walker is a crazy running back. Right. And it's like, take your quarterback pick. And, and it's tough. It's really close. Yeah. Uh, this game is going to be one of the more looked forward to, especially after last year's debacle on the Michigan side, right, where you have a big win over a beat-up Minnesota team. You think you found your guy in Joe Milton, mm-hmm. and then you've come to find out crash back to earth immediately that not only do you not have a quarterback, you don't have a defense. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it results in a ton of changes, right? I just, I just want to – and maybe this is a sign – based off what we've seen from this Michigan team this year, that they clearly play up when it matters right now. And yep. I, I, I have been the, as you know this, I have been the number one critic of this foot Michigan football team. Right? Mm-hmm. I have been, I, there is no favoritism here. I, yep. I try to look at the glass half full in all situations. I was not looking forward to this season. But I will say, every game they've played so far, I think when it comes to teams that you think this could be a challenge, they have played up. Now, they mm-hmm. played down to Rutgers last week, yep. but they played up. To Wisconsin, I know Wisconsin's one and three. I get that, but Wisconsin and Rutgers are two very different football teams. In mm-hmm. Wisconsin, they played up, and, mm-hmm. and I think they showed up, and they and they really kind of were like, "Nope, we're going to take care of business." And I think they really have their eyes on Michigan State, Penn State. No, I think they're really trying to gear up for those big yeah. time football games at the end of the year. Mm-hmm. And it's weird because uh, last thing on this, it's yeah. it's we we looked at the first four weeks. And you were like, wow, where's this passing attack? Like, yep. they can't pass the ball. They can't throw yep. the ball around. It's crazy. Yep. It's like, why are they not trying to experiment more? Mm-hmm. And then you just come out in week five against Wisconsin, and they kind of just, like, unleashed a bag yeah. that we didn't think that was there. Yep. And then and then now you're kind of second-guessing. You're like, maybe they were just like, we know we can beat these first four games by pounding yep. the rock, and now we're going to start unleashing more and more of yep. the playbook and the bag as the <laughs> season goes on. And so when you go into Michigan State, maybe you start having these flea-flicker-type touchdowns and these, you know, crazy end around type passes and stuff that like Michigan State's not ready for because all they all all they know is you like to pound inside dive every yeah. single time. Pulling, but actually, and you're pulling, and you're pulling people like crazy. People like crazy <laughs> but now you're not pulling anybody. Now you're just yeah. aerial attack on this yeah. team. And yeah, I'm, I'm very interested to see set. what McNamara looks like in the primetime game. I think this Nebraska game is going to be bigger than most people expect yeah. um, from a from a momentum standpoint. Um, Northwestern's clearly having a rebuilding type of year, mm-hmm. so I don't know really, you know, what you expect to get out of that. But it's gonna be it's gonna be an interesting time, regardless, mm-hmm. right? And that's exciting. So, um, looking forward to that. I, I'm glad that both teams are playing as well as they are. I think it makes for great content. Yeah. One and two, I think it makes the game just. They're both three and four going into the year. Yeah, and right? no one cares. Yeah, I know, <laughs> but one of the one of the probably top five rivalries in college football, probably. Yeah. And you're gonna get two seven and zero yes. top ten yes. teams so let's in are. this. Let's hope. Let's hope. Yeah. I think I think they both have a very strong chance of doing it at this yes. point. Now, I, I thought for Michigan State, Miami and Michigan Wisconsin was yep. the one the game that would, would be the one that's like, oh, yep. not, that's reason why you're not undefeated. But because they are up to this point, yes. I think their schedules are so favorable to be seven and zero at that point. Yep. That's gonna be a lot of fun to see an undefeated top ten matchup between. Two bitter rivals. I, I would agree. I would agree a hundred thousand percent on that for sure. But all right, let's shift focus here a little bit. Um, 
you know, I, I do want to, we're not going to talk Lions this week. I'm not going to get into the ref calls and all that stuff. It's just not a thing. I'm sure your local radio stations already beat it to death. Mm-hmm. That's not what it's about. At the end of the day, you take one thing from it. You had a chance to win the game. Yeah. But at the end of the day, that's where you have to take from it. We'll, we'll revisit that Lions next week at the quarter season mark. I kind of want to do just an overview. So we're going to wait on big Lions talk. Uh, me and Mike talked it over, and we, we don't like to go week by week on a lot of this stuff just because – um, it, it, the NFL is so fickle, right? You're the best player in the world one week, the next week you're the worst team in football. So, yeah. Um, but I do want to talk. I do want to revisit though, Mr. Matthew Stafford for just a second. I made a post out there, and it was me being a little bit of a jerk face, but it was also, I think, somewhat accurate. And I said basically, for the you know through the first three weeks. Now, obviously, when you guys hear this, week four will happen. And he probably threw six picks. It makes me look like a jackass, but. Um, through the first three weeks of this season, I don't think there's a person you can say, especially at the quarterback position who wins the MVP 99% of the time, who has played better than Matthew Stafford. The numbers supported, nine touchdowns, one interception, second highest QB rating, highest QBR in the league, fifth in passing yards, second in passing touchdowns. The Rams are 3-0. and They beat the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Um... You know, they've beaten technically, technically, they've beaten three playoff teams from last year in a row, right? Chicago was limped in, the Colts limped in, right? But they were there. Yes. So I'm going I'm to, you know, credit where credit's due. And they beat the defending Super Bowl champions who were notoriously missing JPP and Antonio Brown. Mm-hmm. But they're 3 and 0. And I think Stafford's playing out of his mind right now. Just. Mike, just kind of give me your thoughts, and, and I don't. I'm not going to do this every three, four weeks. I just kind of wanted to because this is the kind of thing that I thought we would see mm-hmm. out of Stafford, and I think it is a, it is something where, as the season progresses, because of his hot start, I think it's very eerie, similar to Russell Wilson's start last year, where Russ was on fire. I mean, he had 20 touchdowns in like six games. It mm-hmm. was insane, yep. and then he cooled off dramatically in the second half of the season, which led to a big upset loss to the Rams last year in the playoffs. Yep. Um, are, are you seeing similarities with that? Are you concerned about that? Because I would say the Rams are the team to beat in the NFC right now. Is there mm-hmm. a team that you would say is, is, is there? No, I see at this very specific moment, yeah. I would say they are the team to beat. I do think long-term the Bucks. I still think the Bucks are, are going to be, uh, are going to be the team to beat yep. in like six weeks from now. Yep. I think, but I think like at this moment, I think if you, if like you, like as a betting person, it would be very hard to bet against the Rams and what they're doing right now. Right. Um, but to your point though, and that's why I, that's my thing also is I want to tell everyone is I'm a big I'm like I'm a big Seattle fan. I'm a huge Russell Wilson fan, yeah. and so watching him literally the last three years start off with 15 touchdowns, no picks in four games. Yeah. All of a sudden yeah. now he's 25 touchdowns and 10 picks yeah. after like week 10. I'm like okay, so there's like a drastic stop. Right. I think I think you'll get yeah. to a point, okay. especially because he plays in this division where you're gonna play San Fran twice, mm-hmm. Seattle twice, mm-hmm. Arizona. You play I guess yesterday. Day, which would be Sunday, yep. uh, their fourth game of the year. Yep. Um, you play Arizona twice, though, and then you're going to play Baltimore and stuff. Like teams, a lot better teams will figure out ways to slow you down offensively. Oh, of course, yeah. And then your defense is really going to be the thing to lean on. I think Stafford's playing tremendously, but I do think that he will have games and stuff where he's going to falter a lot. Oh yeah, and then. 
Um, I'm I waiting th- for the game where he throws two bad interceptions. Yeah, and, and loses. It comes and you go, what the hell happened? Yeah, and it, yeah. it could very well be this Arizona game because this well Arizona be, defense yeah. is phenomenal. So mm-hmm. I would not be shocked if they yep. lose by seven points because he throws a bad interception near yep. in the middle of the fourth quarter. For sure. Somewhere. For sure. But um, yeah, I would say they are the team to beat mm-hmm. um, overall in the entire NFL right now. Yes. But I think in like six weeks, if you ask me, it'll yeah. probably be someone different. More like Tampa Bay, yeah, probably. I, I mean, looking at it, right? Are you? Are you? Sh- I'm not really shocked by this fast start. I am a little surprised they're three and zero, just based on the, like, the three teams. Like we thought, the Colts would be better than they are. I thought right? the Colts would be better. They beat uh, Chicago. I knew they were. Yeah, I knew, they were, I knew that's the. And then the bu- the Bucks for me were the toss see up, a see, see where they're, they're at, at kind yeah, of game, exactly. and they and they went in pretty well against them. Oh yeah, I mean four touchdowns by Stafford. You know. I, I I don't like the phrase outgun Brady. Yeah. I don't like that phrase. My and my thing against that is it's the same thing that happened with um Green Bay and Tampa Bay last year mm-hmm. where Yeah, Tampa came Tampa out. Tampa came out, really. but Tampa made no mistakes. Like the Rams had one penalty yep. and played yep. the perfect game. Yes. And Tampa really lost by like ten points. Yeah. Right. So you're like yeah. Like you and so like you have to think if they meet again in the playoffs or something, you really think this team's oh, only going to get one if penalty? Get a, if we get a Rams Bucks NFC Championship game, I'm not even saying cha- it could be a, a di- it could be me. it could be a divisional game. It could be. No, I don't no, think it'll be a wild card, no. but it could be a divisional game. Yeah. Um, depending right. on hope, where teams are, I, I think it'll be a championship I game. Hope it's but because then it's a win-win. If the Rams go. I mean, Stafford got to a Super Bowl. If the Bucks go, I mean, Brady's just going to win another one. I'm cool. Yeah. Way. <laughs> but um, but yeah, like yeah. if you, if they meet again or they just play a better team, I'm like, you really didn't tell me they're going to get one penalty and everyone's just going to play perfect football the right, entire time. Right. Like, no, I don't see it happening again. No, so no, I no, think, no, no. so that's why I still have the bucks. And that's, why, but, and that's why I would, if you're a Tampa Bay fan too, I'm not, oh my gosh, like, no, like the Rams are going to lose at some point, right? Like Chiefs are one and two as of this recording, <laughs> right? Which is crazy. You know, speaking of them though, say they get back on track this week, they get to two and two back to 500, blah, 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 whatever. Right. Are we starting to see though, defenses maybe they're following that tampa blueprint you know whatever it is are we starting to see the i don't not the demise that's too big of a word but like starting to see regression back to the mean a little bit for the kansas city chiefs where it's not so easy all the time in big time situations, and I mean, they blew a big lead to Baltimore two yep. weeks ago. They, they blew an eleven point lead or, or twelve yeah. point lead to Baltimore. Yep. I think my the thing was did a pick six in the first play of the game. By yeah. the way, all, <laughs> all of last year. Now the playoffs, obviously, they're a different beast. And yes. even Cleveland, and then they got blown out by Tampa. So I was like, they weren't perfect no. at all anyway no. in the playoffs. Uh, this team is very beatable. Um, but I saw a lot last year. They played games against like Atlanta. In games against uh, Carolina and stuff, mm-hmm. where it was like twenty four twenty two, and they just squeaked it out at the end. Yeah. And people and the defense from Chiefs fans were like, "Oh, they're just like getting bored," yeah. and because they're like eight and one, nine and one, and right. they're just like, coasting through the season. But I'm like, I think there is legitimate threat because I think everyone's like, "Oh, they have so many weapons; they're unbeatable." But I'm like. If you slow down Tyreek Hill, right. if you just have a fast corner that can run with him, right. and you have a really good linebacker that can sit on Travis Kelsey's five-yard curl routes, <laughs> they don't have much of a run game with Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. No. And outside of that, they don't have a DeAndre Hopkins-type receiver to go get a ball. All their no. guys are 5'10". Josh Gordon. Just Josh Gordon just signed there. <laughs> but all their guys are 5'10 speedy guys, so yeah. they can't outrun a team. Right. They kind of get boxed up relatively quickly. Yep. And their defense is showing – 
maybe we're not a top five defense here. No. We're like 15, 20th yeah. in the league, and that's not really good enough to get it done. So, And I think another part of it, too, is not letting Mahomes. It's the same thing the way to beat Rodgers, mm-hmm. is you cannot give Rodgers eight seconds to throw a football. Yeah. He's going to kill you, right? And I think Mahomes is starting to have that problem, too, where you're starting to bring a little extra pressure, go a little bit more zone coverage, right, where you're just trying not to get beat over the top, mm-hmm. and you're not letting those makeshift – once the play is already divulged into, we just got to scramble the scramble drill, right? Yep. I think you're starting to see people box them up on the actual play design mm-hmm. and get home to Mahomes rather than allowing him to sit back there and make a crazy throw because Tyreek just crosses field out of nowhere and he's yeah. wide ass open. I think I think one other thing that I think Mahomes still has to learn. And I think the problem that he has is the last three years, it's been, like, so easy for him. Everybody's been open. Well, not even everyone's been open. But, like, making the razzle-dazzle play razzle is not dazzle. is not always the best, best play. play. Right. Like, he threw the interception against – one his first interception against the Chargers was one of those no-look, yeah. oh, I'm just going to throw it to the middle of the field. Now, the guy was wide open. The problem he has with it, though, is the guy's not expecting the ball right. because you're not looking at him. Right. Like, you're not pointing yeah. and go, here it comes. Right. You're looking down the sideline at Tyree Kill, and you throw a cross shoulder looking away, and the guy wasn't ready for it, so he puts his hands up late. It yeah. gets popped up, and it's intercepted. Right. Now, obviously, he should catch it because he's an NFL tight end. But <laughs> the point is, though, yeah. is that he, he used, he's used to getting away with those. Yeah. Of I can throw these no looks, and it's mm-hmm. either incomplete or, they got, or my guy just makes a crazy catch. Yeah. Or he goes, where's Travis Kelsey? Where's Travis? Oh, okay, I'll just throw it up to him when I'm in trouble. Right. Where now guys are defending Travis Kelsey better and defending these things yeah. better. So I think Mahomes needs to get level back to – Okay, maybe I just no go no more reads. Go yeah. through reads and just make because yeah. his throwing ability is unmatched to anyone in football right Absolutely. now. Absolutely. But the problem he has is, oh, I'm gonna I'm gonna lob this up into three people because I know Travis Kelsey can go up and get it. Yeah. Where now it's getting intercepted. That's why he has four interceptions now. Mm-hmm. Is these passes are now getting intercepted where normally they wouldn't be intercepted. Yeah. And now now it's looking it bad is a, on him. It's a very interesting. Um, a very, very, very interesting kind of you know predicament that they're in right now, right? How do they adjust? How do they adapt? And we knew this was coming, right? We talked about this at nauseum after the Super Bowl where it was, okay, you've lost, and you didn't lose to New England, right, like in a weird way. You got beat. Straight yeah. up got you beat. Got like, yeah, you got beat in every facet of the game. How are you going to change? You have to change now because people are going to look yeah. at this, look at this and go, oh, so that's how you do it. Uh-huh. We have to, uh, to the best of our ability – try to contain this, what did Tampa do in the biggest game, right? Mm -hmm. So it is a very, very, very interesting uh, kind of circumstance. Is there any other team going into it? I'm going to leave Baltimore out of it. They are so banged up. I can't believe that they're they're at where they're at. They're Um, they're about to be 3-1 probably. Yeah, exactly. Hypothetically. Yeah. Um, is there any other team that maybe we, we going into are, – are you pushing the panic button on any other team? I'm not even pushing the panic button on the Chiefs, but I do think it's noteworthy to say um, they're one and two. <laughs> uh, very unfortunate to say. I think Seattle is hitting the panic button yeah. as very quickly as possible here. Um, they're one and two. Had a bad loss against the Vikings where they look like they just can't stop. They technically blew two 10-point leads the last two weeks, one to Tennessee and then this one to Minnesota. So they're playing the 49ers at 4 o'clock Eastern time. 
Uh, I think that's probably a make-or-break game because they play the Rams also on, on Thursday Night Football this week. Right, right. Um, so if you lose to the 49ers, the Rams game's not just like a gimme this year. No. Like they're gonna, they're gonna, no. they're gonna pound you in. Yeah. So you're you gonna come be, with your big boy. You're fans. gonna, you're gonna be lucky to come out of this one and one. Yeah. Uh, this next two games, and if you come out zero oh and two, you're Ooh. looking at one and four, and that's oh, not a good no. luck. Yeah. So this 49er game is huge, as close to make-or-break as you can get, assuming that going into um, LA. I believe it's in week five. That's probably going to be a loss. Yeah, yeah. I think honestly, it's and even at home, it's not. It's yeah. not an easy I think win both right games now. Games are going to be close. Regardless. Every game in the division is going to be fantastic. I'm, yes. Wish I got that on my TV instead of Green Bay Pittsburgh. Because let's just shoot myself in the head. But it's fine. Um, but yeah, I think I think there is a little bit of cause for concern for Seattle. Um, I don't know what the hell happened to the Indianapolis Colts yeah, and their they, defense, but yeah. clearly defense is their offensive line's not as oh, good as it was. Goodness gracious! I, I mean, mean, they're tied with the Jaguars for the worst. I know, and I don't understand what's going vision, on. And I'm so. like, bruh, like you guys are killing me. You Tennessee's know? like, thank you, Lord, because yeah, we're just gonna walk no away with this division kidding. now. Yeah, I mean, I still had hope before last week, but then, yeah, yeah, it's rough. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's 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 frustrating. Those, for those, sure. those would be my big the, my big surprise of the year right now so far is Cincinnati. I know people are going to be like, oh, Cincinnati, but I mean three and one, and you went out and beat the Steelers, who I know Steelers aren't that great of a team. But yep. being three and one, I don't think anyone would have told you, no. oh, Cincinnati's going to be three and one after the first four weeks of the NFL season. Yeah, um, and I think Jamar since- Chase and Joe Burrow, like talk about like a perfect pick in heaven right there mm-hmm. was Jamar Chase right there. Could have probably went with Panay Sewell and been fine offensively, but Jamar Chase is just balling out with well, that's what, you know, right what's, what's interesting too is the um Cincinnati I think was a lot closer than people realize but because they're in Cincinnati like I think that's yeah. what's gonna happen with the Lions a little bit if this thing goes correctly is that they're gonna be six and ten but they're gonna be like a good six and ten kind of or six and eleven whatever mm-hmm. right not this year but maybe next year right mm-hmm. where you go all right maybe just give it some time right yeah. some more seasoning now Burrow going down last year hurts them quite a bit that 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 progression but you're starting to see this team's got a solid defense. They got a pretty okay run game. They're using Samaj P. Ryan, which I love because he's a favorite of mine. Um, you know, along with Mixon, you gave him a true number one receiver. You got T. Higgins as your intermediate guy. You got pieces. I mean, mm-hmm. this is not a. It's not a. I wouldn't say it's a good Cincinnati team, but it's not a bad Cincinnati yeah. team. Yeah, if they're eight nine. Yeah, I think they're going to be a five hundred football team. And probably. then next year they're going to draft like two offensive linemen, probably yeah. get a guy, maybe get a couple more defensive pieces. Mm-hmm. And then you can. The only problem is you're competing against you're in the Cleveland. Hard, one of the hardest divisions in football. Yeah, you're competing against Cleveland and Baltimore, so yeah. you're going to be right. in a tough fight no matter what. But yeah. I think I think they they're showing something. Yeah, for sure, absolutely. All right, let's shift focus here. Um, let's talk let's talk NBA here. Let's talk NBA preseason. Not not we're not going to talk preseason action because who the hell cares? I watched one preseason game last year, Rob. <laughs> okay, I'm sorry. Because LeBron um, was playing. Tell, did we tell Russell Wilson he needs to play in preseason get some shots up? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, Russell Westbrook, but yes. Yeah. Did I say Wilson? Yeah, you said Wilson. Oh, they both shoot the same, probably the same <laughs> field goal percentage. They probably do. <laughs> <laughs> it's probably really um, close. But, uh, you know, NBA season right around the corner, right? Um, you know. We've talked before about the the potential of this Pistons team, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so I don't want to really go into that right now until probably the start of the regular season. But what I do want to hit on is a couple of things. You know, the, the major storylines of the year going into it. You know, you've got the the 1984 Lakers resuiting up um, to go run another championship with LeBron James. Um, <laughs> you know, thoughts on where you think this Lakers team is. 
I'm only asking because it's LeBron. We do a lot of LeBron talk on here, not because ESPN is forcing us to or anything like that, but it's he's the best player in the world. And I'm going to keep talking about him until he retires because when he retires, it's going to be a massive hole yeah. in the NBA. It and I don't be. think people understand. It's the same thing when Brady retires. Mm-hmm. It is going to have a mass like, oh, this is weird. Yeah, it's going to have a weird effect. Yeah, yeah right? Like, um, Yeah. And I'm also a big LeBron guy, oh, so course, when he, yeah, when he wins sure. or loses, you guys can like make fun of me when like when I'm crying on here like I did last year when Phoenix beat him. Um, but Plus they're they're a, they're a championship team, and I'm gonna hit on a couple, a couple of other teams too, kind of going into the season. But the Lakers, the the amount of moves that they made, yeah, it's a 98 percent roster turnover at this point outside of Anthony Davis and LeBron. So yeah, it's just about everybody. Yeah, I think. Um, yeah. I think I mean going in, I'm confident to the point where. I don't think the regular season for the top like five teams is going to matter even at mad- all. No, matter. I, would agree. I think I think the, my short team of like Lakers, Nets, Bucks, and like give me another one. Uh, yeah, throw the Clippers in there. Yeah, we'll throw if Kawhi doesn't play though. I don't know. Yeah. It's like that much of a gimme. But yeah. um, those three, I guess, are my three like big teams where I'm like yeah. they won't have much trouble at all. I mean, Denver. Den- Denver, yeah, Denver will still like Utah, Phoenix, those yeah, kind sure. of teams. Though they won't have much trouble through the regular season. They'll win their fifty some games, make the playoffs, and then we'll be talking about them in April when the playoffs come around. But um, going in, Russell Westbrook, the I feel like the only reason he's there is to help Anthony Davis and LeBron survive an eighty two game regular season. Yeah, um, because he will play. Granted, probably every watch, single game. Watch, this is the year that he has a massive injury. injury and of a ball sack. <laughs> uh, but he's he's there as a, I'm going to be here every guy and give you 100% effort. That was my argument I gave you when yep. the Pistons were talking about him four yep. years ago. Yep. Uh, I was like, yep, he could do that. LeBron's going to do his thing, and Anthony Davis hopefully looks like Anthony Davis form. And then they have 65-year-old men we're hoping. <laughs> uh, rolling through the rest of the bench. Yeah. So I'm not worried. Uh, talk to me in April when they're the three seed in the West, and then we can and talk matchups at the side. Eight guys on IR. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's when we'll talk about it. But that, that's the team I'm now, actually – that's the team I'm second least worried about in the regular season. Yeah. I mean, you know, it is it is noteworthy, right, to see the game management. I think Frank Vogel's really going to have to pull some tricks out of his hat, right, to be like, okay, you know. Um, a couple of things I want to check in. Let's check in on the 76 and this Ben Simmons drama. Where do, where do you think he goes? He's not playing for Philadelphia anymore, no. clearly. Who makes the commitment oh, to go man. and get him? That's tough. Because, um, what do you, I mean, the assets you're going to have to give up for somebody – like so, him, but it's hard because you're like, what am I really getting out of Ben Simmons? Yeah. So talking to people from my work, you, I was next time to say around the league. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have that kind That's of insight. That's what they all do. That's what they all do. Yeah. Right? Around yeah. the league. Yeah. Um, I, my see, I, I I was talked into a team. Oh boy. That I don't know if I believe in. Yeah. And I don't think it would make that much of a difference. Yeah. But I do think it could work. Is Portland. And the reason I say Portland is because if you give away whatever, I don't, McCollum, I don't even know. Yeah, McCollum, get out of here Awful. and and Awful. add in like a couple picks or whatever. Awful. If you have Ben Simmons and Damian Lillard as your backcourt, yeah. where Ben Simmons just takes over the best offensive player on the other team and Lillard just shoots the ball well, mm-hmm. I think you have a good one-two matchup there. 
I just don't know how the rest of your team like I don't know what you'd have to give up and what yeah. you'd have to file through to make it work. And that's work. the problem too is that the 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 because they're asking for like they're yeah, like the asking for like four is, players and five picks yeah, or something. And I'm is, like I don't know if you're gonna get that. It is a lot for them. They want a couple starters. They do want some picks. They want all this stuff. And you're like, after that playoff, you yeah. know, experience that we just had, I don't know if you're a team that's in contention that has the resources even to give that up. Yeah, exactly. You know? So I, I don't know. That's like my best guess of where yeah. he could go because I think him and like people were saying Golden State, I don't think they would do that ever. It doesn't fit. They don't doesn't fit, fit at all because, yeah. you know, he would have to play Draymond's role mm-hmm. because he can't shoot and he plays really good defense. Yeah. What does Draymond do? Plays good defense, or well, used to at least, and can't shoot. Yeah. That's Draymond. So I and, put him at the four. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> So um, that that was my best landing spot, but yeah. I can't I can't really find I guess a landing you could put him spot. Put at the three and get get Anthony Wiggins butthole ass out I of there. I guess you could, but too. even then, you know, I don't like it. Yeah, no, it's weird. Like once again, right? Where he's a great player in his own right. He does a lot of things really well, but mm-hmm. like, where do you yeah, go? What, what team needs you to be like? Oh, this is the guy that's going to put us over the yeah, top. I wouldn't the answer be is I w- nobody. I wouldn't be shocked if like a Knicks. Just try to go it. for him, yeah. Just because do it. to get like yeah. a star power name in there with like Julius Randle and, and that's them. Such but a Knicks thing to do because you have a good core of yeah. guys that you made a nice little playoff run last year, yeah. right? And you commit to some of these people. Now I don't really know about giving Derrick Rose sixty four million dollars, but I digress. But you have a nice little core of people, and then you're gonna blow it up to go trade for a star, and then go right back to where you were. That's such a Knicks thing to it do. Um, do you think a team like? I, and I'm just going to throw like a random one out there, like Minnesota or something like that, maybe tries this just to keep you know Carl Anthony Towns in town. Yeah. And just I, like to so, give him somebody so else. So that's that was so my thing with, with Portland was like if yeah. Damian Lillard's like not happy, yeah. if he like wanted Ben Simmons, right. would be like a reason why. I'd be like, okay, we'll just go get this guy for you just so you stay. Right. Like if, if you're a team with one star mm-hmm. and the rest of the team's kind of booty mm-hmm. to an extent, like. Go trade for this other guy if you if the star player wants him just to keep that one like like you said Carl Anthony Towns wants him okay let's trade away outside Anthony Edwards yeah literally whatever you want right trade that away get him in and then you have Simmons Edwards and Carl Anthony Towns and maybe that keeps Carl Anthony Towns there for a little bit or something right like that's the only other way yeah. I could see it working yeah other than I I can't find like a good mm-hmm. landing spot because he can't shoot outside of a foot and, and a half he, he so i don't is, know and he's losing and that's the thing it's like you're lo- the one thing that if he could shoot even if he was just like hey i maybe i don't shoot threes very well but i am like a dagger from like inside 20 feet whatever yeah. right then fine if he had the antonio mcdice corner elbow can just hit it every single time i think you could have it but what he doesn't <clears throat> he doesn't fit in today's NBA the, nope. the right way. So it's it's just an interesting topic. And and if you're the 76ers, going back to the team aspect of it, um, does this kind of – what do you think this does for them? Does this close their window effectively? Do you think that they still have a chance to get there? Like what is what is their, their upside at this point? Because, you know, you felt like you bring in Doc Rivers, stupidly, and you made a bit of a run. Whatever, yeah. And now I think you can make a run with the team. I actually like. I'm not saying Ben Simmons yeah. was like the reason you lost. No, but I think not having him there and having five people that can go around and shoot the ball mm-hmm. um, is so effective. Which is why that's why I'm happy with what the Pistons are doing. Instead of having like an Andre Drummond mm-hmm. in the middle, you have like Kelly Olynyk. So when you look around, you go, okay, Killian, Cade, Shadiq, uh, Jeremy Grant. Kelly Olynyk 
all of them are threats yeah. everywhere. Yeah. When you have one guy who's not a threat at all, yeah. then you can go double other people right. because you know for a fact yeah. this guy is not Leave shooting. Him right, Leave him open. Leave him open. One for nine. Sounds good. Sounds good to me. <laughs> so um, getting rid of him and just having guys like Seth Curry and Danny Green and yeah. Tobias and Embiid, like yeah. having that as your five or whatever mm-hmm. is so much better because it's like, okay, and then whoever you get back in a trade yeah. who hopefully you get a good shooting, like if you got like a – who like a McCollum or whatever? Now, at least off the bench would be great for some. Exactly. Yeah. Um, just having a lineup of five guys that can shoot the ball, I think the Sixers would be much more dangerous, yeah. especially because Embiid would be able to spread out and not be double covered every single time. Because whoever's guarding Ben Simmons, it is also yeah. guarding Embiid because he, you know, <laughs> yeah, obvious for obvious reasons. Talk to me about the champs. Talk to me about the Bucks. The Bucks. You're trying to run it back, right? I mean, they're going to try the and team, not succeed. I don't. Yeah, think. the team is pretty much the same for the most part. You yep. had to give up a lot to get Drew Holiday. Um, I kind of feel like they got it done, but because everything kind of fell their way and it was almost like you had to get it done. And if you didn't, then everyone's going to be like, Giannis, you can't win it at yeah. the end of the day. Um, I don't see them repeating. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't know how you do. I, I just think that there's going to be maybe not a ton of opposition in the East, but I don't, there's a couple teams in the West where I go fully healthy, stacked on stacked. I don't know. I, so, <clears throat> so if everyone was healthy, I'm gonna say it until it like doesn't yeah. happen. I don't see how the Lakers and Nets don't make it. Right. It's right. really That's my point. really what it comes down to right. is if if the Nets were a hundred percent healthy, yeah. I don't know how the Bucks can beat them. Yeah, and I'm gonna talk about the Nets here in a second. But, but I mean, it, like I could see like a semblance, but it would take a lot for it would have to be like oh James Harden went one for twenty seven like he did in the Western Conference Finals in twenty eighteen for the that. Game I've ever watched. Yeah. Still and and even game. then I think K D could do enough to get yep. you over. Like mm-hmm. I just don't see how you can get through. If the Nets weren't there, yeah, I could easily go, Oh yeah, you could definitely do it again. Right. I just do not see the way a healthy mm-hmm. Nets team can lose to the right. Bucks. Right, right, right. I, I don't sure. see it. Yeah, it's, and it's the same thing for the Lakers. 100% healthy, Westbrook, 80, LeBron. I don't see a team in the West that has enough firepower to match up with that team. Yeah, it's over the Clippers. They're the best. Really. Jeez. The Mitchell Western Conference Finals last year, Mike. Okay. Recognize. Yeah. You Recognize. Know. Sure. Why not? They didn't, have to go, they didn't go through anybody. They went to seven with Dallas with just Luka. Just Luka. Hey, hey, hey. Porzingis played Porzingis like... Porzingis was there in some moral support. He, he he gave you like seven points a game. We, yeah, He did exactly. something. Getting Speaking $50 million a year to get seven Speaking points. Speaking of the Nets. Anyway. Kyrie, I'm not going to get into the whole vaccinated thing, but whatever. But it is a role. It, it is, is a part role. of this. And now people are already talking about, well, what's Kyrie's trade value? Which mind boggles me a little bit because... You're, he's he's played what 15 games as a net so far yeah. in two years. I mean, he hasn't played much. Whatever. Um, is the core three intact for the rest of the season? And if Kyrie is traded, what does that do? Because you're still very limited in your bench because mm-hmm. you're Brooklyn. Um, now you've got a couple people. You know, you, you got Blake Griffin for nothing. You've got some people that are just going to sign with you because you're. "Quote unquote," going to go to the finals. Yeah. Um. But I mean, at the end of the day, you need you kind of need Kyrie to to be on this basketball team in some capacity to to levy off a little bit for yeah, Durant. Right? I my thing is because I didn't think Harden looked all that particularly great when he got to Brooklyn either. Yeah, hard. I think Harden and KD could do it themselves. Yeah. 
with like Joe Harris and the, the supporting cast like that they he, have. That's the time when they go sit down. Kyrie needs to be like that's, the guy. That is the yeah. problem. Is I yeah. think the Lakers have a nice could could have a nice system. We'll see in the barring first two weeks. Barring off, injuries, barring where right where you have in. where you have two like of the three stars. Yeah. Playing right. at once, yeah. James Harden and KD like this. They're very stubborn in the times they sit yeah. to an extent mm-hmm. where they like to sit together. Yeah, and there was like I think they played what was it, eight games together, and those eight games, Kyrie was the one handling the system when they both went out. Right, and then obviously when Kyrie was out in the playoffs, right. like they had to stagger because right. they had to stagger. Right, there yeah. was no way they were gonna just both sit for ten minutes and not stagger. Yeah, but. Um, I think Kyrie is essential to that point where when your star player goes off the court, that was the same thing in Cleveland. When LeBron went off the court, you need someone there to yeah. be able to run the offense through. And I think Kyrie's good enough to run that offense for five minutes yeah. while KD has to go sit. So, because yeah. Kyrie, look at listen, as much flack as I give Kyrie, and it's a lot because I don't think he's very good. But what he does do very good is he attacks the yeah. rim very well, mm-hmm. right? And he and he's known to hit a big three when you need it, right? Yes. Now. Overall shooting, meh. His passing ability, non-existent. His defense is a liability. But, to your point, he's not there for his offensive output. His there is to be a threat, a perceived threat, and get the ball to Kevin Durant. Yes. That's the end of the day. That's what you're going to live and die on. Mm -hmm. Um, Who wins the title, barring injury, like right now, like looking at it, right, these are the teams – Obviously, Ben Simmons is going to get traded somewhere, right? I don't know. if the, it, Maybe the Lakers give up their 2050, 2051, 2052, 2053, because that's the draft picks they have left at this point. Mm-hmm. And he takes $1 million. Yeah. Are the Lakers still your favorite because LeBron James is LeBron James? Um, I am early, early. Now, it's not like a confirmed. We, I'll, yeah, we I'll get, get, we're just starting preseason. I'll, I'll get, uh, give me I'm like not going to hold you to Yeah, give me, give me like three games of the regular season to see how this yeah. flows. I'm going to take the Nets – now okay. because I think the Nets like Harden and everything flows better yes. than Westbrook, AD, and LeBron will. Yeah. However, if the first like five games of the season mm-hmm. looks like they have a system that they can gel through, yeah. like it, Russell Westbrook takes a lot of the load, then LeBron takes a lot of the load, and then Anthony Davis is there and yeah. is inside or whatever. Like if it were if it looks like it could work, yeah. Lakers are by far my favorites. Yeah. But I'm not confident that them three can work well in a system I don't, together. I, I think it is going to be very hard for the Lakers if you're looking at one thing for them specifically because mm-hmm. it's L.A., it's LeBron, whatever. It's how do you equal Russell Westbrook's offensive efficiency with less shots? Yes. Because that, for me, he's always, like you said, he's going to play 110%, mm-hmm. right? But he is a volume shooter. Yeah. I think and that, and that, and that can't be the same way. That's part of my thing yeah. is you if LeBron can talk that. him into take 12 shots but and take make five. But I was going to say, <laughs> but take like seven or eight of them at the rim, like yeah. drive to the rim. Right. Like, listen, he's like, move, we'll move AD out. I'll yeah. sit back clear in the, the paint. Hole. We'll yeah. clear the hole for right. you. You're going to go one-on-one with Clay Thompson or whoever's right. going right, to be guarding right. you yep, that first sure. game. Mm-hmm. Take it to the rim. If he takes it to the rim more often than he shoots, I'll pick the Lakers to win. Yeah. But my problem is he's going to try to shoot out the doors. He'll take 30 shots and make 12, and LeBron's going to be like, I have to make up all this efficiency numbers, right. or AD's going to have to make up all, and, this, and all these numbers. too, right? Can he still do that? In yeah. seven games, right? I'm not yeah. talking about regular season. They're going to make the playoffs. I'm not worried about that. Yeah. But in a in a playoff series where you're playing 
a hot Dallas Mavericks team, or mm-hmm. you're playing a Denver Nuggets team that's a lot younger, a lot faster, and they just do, you know, and they mm-hmm. can shoot too. When you're playing some of these other basketball teams, and you go, we cannot afford to give up six possessions. Yes. And because let's be real here. I'm not going to come out on the, on the show and say LeBron James is a lights out shooter from three. No, it's just not a it's just not a case. Now there are times where he can't miss, but there's other times where he can't hit the broadside of a barn. It's just it's just his game at this point. So with that, a couple with the fact that you got about 15 years older <laughs> yeah. on this basketball team, and because Westbrook is so has always been used to being the guy and having to carry, you know, he hasn't had a Real compliment. I mean, he played with Harden for half a day, it felt like, mm-hmm. you know, since Durant, you yeah. know, six years ago. Yeah. He so, played with Bradley Beal for a bit, but that yeah. team wasn't like there. Yeah. I mean, you're playing in Washington. You're not playing for nothing, yeah. you know? So it's it's a different it's a different atmosphere going to a team that's expected to win. Yeah. So, you know? so that's why. So early, 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 we'll pick Nets. Yeah. Um, like a week or two into the season, if I see what I like to see, mm-hmm. I'll switch to Lakers. Mm-hmm. But right now, Nets, because I think they just gel. Yeah. Better as a unit mm-hmm. than the Lakers do. And Durant needs it. Durant needs it. And Durant needs, needs to win. Yes. Like LeBron's like the number one guy on that team, especially if he goes in and they beat LA in the finals, that is like the biggest like yeah. relief off your shoulders, right? It's not even everything it's like gratifying. It's just more like, oh thank God. Yeah, if you're like, if you're if you're, if you're it. a KD, I did it. <laughs> yeah, if you're a KD fan, you're you need yeah. this title in the next two years and for I him. Like, like if you're a Matt Stafford fan, you need him to win a playoff game this year. Yeah. You need him to yeah. make it to the... Because if he loses... Yeah. If, 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 if Stafford lose, goes to the playoffs the next two years and loses in oh, the first God. round, it's going to be... Okay, so you were exactly yeah, what we yeah, thought we were. Exactly. So exactly. that's what that's what you need. That's and the my, same thing with That's Katie. my pop and Tums moment right there. Yeah. <laughs> All right, let's talk extreme rules. Um, weird card... Um, I know it was a weird segment, weird segment cut there, but yeah. we, we gotta we gotta move on. Uh, we can talk NBA all day long, and we haven't even seen anybody play yet. So yes. <laughs> just um, wait for Cade, baby. All right. right? Anyway, so um, extreme rules. It was a thing. I now listen. The some of the finishes were a bit wonky. However, I will say that the wrestling quality on this show and match quality overall, I thought was pretty darn strong. We're gonna mm-hmm. go match by match here, but like. I don't necessarily think that this, like, it's not going to be remembered as a home run by mm-hmm. any stretch of the imagination. But quality in-ring work, I thought, was very, was up there. Was pretty darn yeah. solid, considering this is a B show. Yeah, I'm not going to lie. I was frustrated because I watched the Seahawks get decimated. <laughs> so I didn't watch. I wasn't, like, super into a yeah, lot of this it was card. Not, I was, you weren't I was sad. Yeah, I was sad and yeah. depressed. So. Yeah. Um, but from what I like remember yeah. and like from watching it, don't I thought worry, it was Mike, pretty that's good. That's where I come in. I come in clutch for you, buddy. When yeah. you watch every Pistons game this year and I don't, right? You come in clutch. Yeah. When yeah I we we, yeah. we take bullets for each other here. Yeah, for sure. All right. So we open. Uh, I did watch this one because yeah. I thought this match was going to go like three minutes. And yeah. when it went more than six minutes, I went, all right, so it's going to be a legit match. Let's watch yeah. it. Uh, the New Day with Big E, Kofi, and Xavier defeated AJ, Bobby Lashley, and almost in 18 minutes. Not gonna lie, I really thought this match was gonna be over pretty quickly. I did too. And then I was like, "This is the second longest match on the card." Yeah. So I went, "Okay, that was kind of shocking." And they, to me. and they saved the title match for Raw, yes. which I thought was a solid main event. I thought Raw this week actually was pretty darn okay. Not great, but it was was yeah, solid. It was fine. Yeah. Um, you know, knowing that the draft and all that stuff, and we're gonna hit on the draft here in a second too, because it's a thing. But 
Um, well, this match was good, right? You're still showcasing Big E as WWE champion. You're kind of fueling for Monday night. They teased it, right? All that good stuff. I thought this was a solid business. Mm-hmm. I don't like AJ, and I don't like AJ being in the spot anymore. I, I need him back in singles. I need him yeah. back to being a relevant superstar again. While you have him, um, but I'll take it. It, it yep. was solid opener. You had yeah. stars. It got it got uh, three and a half stars. Yeah, that was a mention. solid match. Yeah. Uh, we got the Usos taking on the Street Profits and beating them in 13 minutes and 45 seconds, also getting three and a half stars. So this was another really, really solid match. Now, did I think that the Street Profits had any chance of winning this match? Not nope, at all. Not at all. However, I'm telling you this right now, man. I, I tell me, tell me a team right now that in the WWE that is better than the Usos. You're not going to no. find it. I, I thought you were going to say overall. No. I was like, I could probably find you one or two. I, I but think, I think the I think, but imagine a Young Buck Uso match. Yeah, I was going to say the like my top three maybe in the world are yeah. Young Bucks, um, Lucha Bros, Usos, Bros, in yeah. whatever order yeah. you want. I would agree. But those that. are probably the three. FTR is a solid four or five. Yeah, coming in there. Yeah. yeah so sure. like those are my four or five. Yes. So like if you put. Usos against either one of those three teams, it'd be phenomenal. Right. So, and, and I'm, I I'm, can't put the New Day in there right now because they're not really a tag team right now. They're just kind yeah. of just floating. But when around. they do tag team they're stuff, they're going to come back. Great, yeah. Though. And if you get Usos New Day again, I know it's a retread, but I don't care. It, quality matches never get boring. Yes. Sorry. It just doesn't happen. All right. So, this is, so I watched those first two pretty entertainingly. This yeah. is kind of where the show fell apart for me. Okay. Um, Charlotte Flair defeating Alexa Bliss was. Like, I don't care. Okay, so here, here's where I will say In two and this. a half stars, here, yeah. I don't care. Here's where I will say about this match. Considering all the gaga that has to go along with Alexa Bliss's current character. Now, she's yeah. kind of off TV, which I'm yeah. hoping Is she comes back as regular Alexa Bliss. Yes. However, with that being said, I thought this match was better than it was going to be because it made Alexa look like she had a chance to win this match. Uh-huh. And I thought they did a really nice job of that. You will not tell me that there is a better women's wrestler in the world right now than Charlotte Flair. It's not happening. Sorry. Mm-hmm. I know Britt Baker is probably the hottest. Yeah. She's going through her Becky Lynch phase right now. Yeah. But day in and day out, Charlotte Flair is the best women's wrestler in the world. And it's yeah. just another example of that. Mm-hmm. Was solid all the way through. Gets the pin. I didn't. I don't care. It's just in a way to get her off TV. The yeah. whole doll thing at the end. Don't care about that. But the match quality, I thought, was pretty darn solid. The, they had eight minutes. The only, the only women's match that yeah. I would rather watch than a Charlotte Flair match, yeah. if we went women's pure wrestling, mm-hmm. what is uh, Bianca and Sasha? Right. Is the only two people. Yep. And they. It's specific, it has to be that. Specifically, together. has to be them one on one together. Yep. For me to be like, I'd rather watch that than a Charlotte Flair right. match. Any other person, it would be Charlotte. I don't care who you put with Charlotte Flair. I'll yep. take that over right. anything else Agreed. outside of those top two. For sure. Um, and it can't even be what we're going to talk about in a minute with yep. Becky Lynch. It has to be them two specifically. <laughs> All right. We got the U.S. Uh, three-way. We had Damian Priest beating Jeff Hardy and Sheamus. Um, Damian Priest pinned Sheamus. Yes. I believe he got him with a roll-up. Yeah, he got him with a roll-up. And then Jeff Hardy, him and Jeff Hardy like fist-bumped after or something, yeah. which I thought was whatever. Yeah. Uh, it got three and uh, three-quarter stars. Second highest rated match on the show. This, this match for me, considering they added Jeff late, mm-hmm. first off, they really need to do something with Jeff Hardy. I know he's older, but yeah. Jeff he's on Hardy, SmackDown now, right? So yeah, but Jeff Hardy is over like Grover, dude. Like he is. He is so over. They need to throw him with a tag team. I don't well, know who, yeah, but just throw him, need, well, throw him a just, title. Yeah, they <laughs> like, just need to. My goodness. Like I honestly think if if 
I am I'm surprised. Like once Roman dropped, like I think him and Roman would do gangbusters because yeah. because Jeff is so over still mm-hmm. still. Um, this match was fantastic. I I think you could even probably bump it to four because listen, the fact that you at one point in the match thought Jeff had it. You thought Sheamus had it, mm-hmm. and you thought Priest had it before the actual finish. It was almost a bit of a. I don't. I, I went into the match thinking Priest is going to win this, but by midway, three quarters of the way through, I went. I kind of hope Jeff Hardy walks away with this title right now. The crowd was so behind him. Sheamus has been killing it over the last few months. Ever since he started doing that thing with Drew, match quality. Sheamus has been fantastic. Mm-hmm. Priest is a star. I get why they kept it on Priest, but was low-key hoping that Jeff was going to take it. So changing my mind mid-match, mm-hmm. I thought was a great job. This match was fantastic. Really, yep. really good. Considering the fact that we'd seen Sheamus and Priest before, and then they followed up on Monday night with another really good solid match as well, thought it was really good. Yep. Um, so our co-main event here, we had... Uh, yeah, it doesn't have a lot of matches on. No, nah, it, it was a 6 I give them some credit for the fact that they kind of gave some talent time to tell yeah it was story. it was a six six match card yeah. so that's why i, I prefer yeah. six seven match give me, cards yeah over give me 10, six so. seven maybe eight if you're getting getting crazy yeah. depending on how, the strength of your storylines but mm-hmm. anything after that you're getting stupid yeah uh we had becky lynch and bianca Belair. to my point yep. um wasn't as fan big fan of this because i don't think becky lynch to me is like a great no she's wrestler. not yeah, right and and when it comes to like the female, like that's why I prefer like Bianca yep. and Sasha and stuff. Yep. I'm like their wrestling matches are great. Yeah. Like this one, I was like didn't mm-hmm. hit me the same way. I ended in no contest because Sasha, Sasha came out. Right. Um, and it got three stars because of it. Um, it was hard. So going back to SummerSlam, yep. it's so hard for me to watch this match and think Bianca has any chance when she right. loses in 17 seconds. Right. Right. right, like, like they like tease the the Uranagi from Becky like really early. Like yep. the first move was yep. like, "I'm gonna yep. get you again with it," and then yep. she rolled out. And I said, "Like she's gonna hit you with like three moves. You should be done because that's what happened yeah. in the last pay per view." So like, it was really hard for me to get invested. Stop that Bianca had logic, Mike. Stop wrestling logic. No, Come only on, to WWE because like like AEW their logic flows at least more yeah. than one episode. This this one doesn't, I guess. So. Uh, but no contest. Sasha came out. It got three stars, yep. and it was a fine co-main event. But... Oh, this is really good too, right? It, one of those things where you go into a match thinking, "What are they gonna do?" Right? Are they gonna give it back to Bianca on something crazy? Does mm-hmm. Becky just win, and then you're like, "Oh, that's not yeah. great," right? Now, um, you know, you're flowing away. Bianca's on Raw now, which I think is cool. I, yeah, that gives her gives her some shine for sure. I, you know, more talent. Why not? Um, but I thought this match was really good. The finish was meh, right? And I think that's kind of the story of the last two matches here. The finish was blah. But I don't want to – I know we have a tendency – the finish is something – it's the last thing you remember. But mm-hmm. I don't think that this card should be like, oh, gosh, this is just a throwaway show because there was a lot of really, really solid wrestling on this show. Yeah. And then we had the Universal title Extreme Rules match. Notice that on Extreme Rules pay-per-view, I said one Extreme Rules match because mm-hmm. it's the only one we got. Now, uh, let me ask you this, though, before, right? Because I, I don't necessarily think I agree with it, but what would you rather have every match be an Extreme Rules match or one match be an Extreme See, Rules no, match? No, no, no. See, my thing is I don't want them all to be Extreme Rules matches. Yeah. I want them to just have stipulations in their okay. matches. Like, I look back to see, like, when I first started watching wrestling, it was, yeah. like, 2008, 2009, and there was, like, their one-night stand or their first Extreme Rules. Like, you had, like... Cena Big Show submission match. Right, right, you had yeah. Edge Chef Hardy ladder match. Right. You had a steel cage match. Like I don't need six matches to be extreme rules matches. Though, do you think that having every every match with a gimmick? Do you think that kills 
the importance of a specific match. Like if, really. if if like you have a cage match, you have a tables match. Like I think that's why the TLC thing didn't work long term. I enjoyed it the first time, but after yeah. that, it kind of got stupid. Okay, you have a chairs match, you have a tables match, you have a ladders match, and then you have a TLC match. Like, yeah. do you think that it lessens the importance of having a ladder match or a tables match because we've got so much other stuff going on? So how do we how, how do yeah. we distinguish between Undertaker versus Batista versus DX versus Big Show and, and yeah. Jericho? Like, well, that's why like see TLC because like it's all in the name. Like Extreme yeah. Rules, you can have you can just like name like you can do yeah. like a mask versus title yeah, match yeah, yeah. and make it like extre- like that's yeah, like an extreme that's like an extreme circumstance yeah. kind of thing. Like they, I just want more. like when they like when they go in and they go man this is the most extreme night of the year and i go yeah. it's the exact same as a monday <laughs> yeah. night raw right with an extreme rules match at the yeah. end like that's not the most extreme night of the right. year to me right. like at least have you don't even need to have every match be yeah. in a stipulation just give me like the big championship matches right have some kind right. of like then this pay-per-view came at the wrong time because it's coming right after SummerSlam where you blew off a whole bunch of storylines. Yeah, exactly. So it's like you didn't have time to build up where it warrants usually, having usually, a Usually, from what I remember, Extreme Rules was always after like Backlash or Judgment yes. Day or something. Right. So it was always like a second or third pay-per-view after yeah. WrestleMania or, to the point yeah. where you're in the middle or end of a storyline going into like Great American Bash and SummerSlam stuff. Or I remember at one point it was right after Mania where a lot of it you saw Mania rematches. It yeah. kind of filled that backlash role where you paid off some of that stuff where like, okay, champion retained at Mania. Next month they're going to drop it in an Extreme Rules match. Exactly. Or Cena or, wins it at twenty, you know, at 25, drops it back to Edge the next week or well, the next month. Whatever, right? Yeah, yeah. You know, so but that, I'm that, with you. That, I think they could have added one more yeah. stipulation like, why, to, like, to, the, to the women's match or something. I was going to say, why couldn't like Becky yeah. and Bianca be like uh, yeah, right. some kind of – like yep. a steel cage or yep, something like just sure. like add one more thing to it to make it seem yep. different than every other wwe yes. pay-per-view they do yes like I, what's I the difference between this one and like the great american bash especially There's considering nothing. the fact that you went u.s title match no holds barred the next night on raw exactly like, why couldn't Shane that just be yeah, no holds exactly. barred like that that's yep. like the stuff that yep. i get annoyed with yeah, but sure. it's fine yep um so we end with roman reigns and finn balor uh four stars 19 minutes Match ends with a weird rope break mm-hmm. thing. Also, so watching this, I just they got call him the demon a lot. They call him the Baylor. they call him the demon a lot. Yeah, and one me. one thing, so I again, I was like half hearted watching this, mm-hmm. but like I don't ever remember in NXT the lights going red when he went no. into like undefeatable demon yeah, mode. They, they've never done that ever. Ever the first time they did this. So like because like they, it went red and like my screen went red. I was like Bray Wyatt's coming back out. Yeah. <laughs> Right, and it's then Kane. it's Kane. It's got to be Kane. <laughs> and then like, so the lights go red, and yeah. then Michael Cole's like, he's going into like super yeah. demon mode or something. I was ready when for it him goes to say red, walking up. Like, I know, yeah. but I was like, but he's never done that. Like that has never ever been a thing. It like it'll be just a distraction so they could cut the rope. Yeah, all literally it all it was, and all it was just was. so annoying. And then it cut the rope, and I went, what, what? And then yeah. he just like spears him, spears him and it's over. And I went, that was like the weirdest finish. Thing ever the match was fine. Yeah, like, it was. I thought the match you got was some really extreme good. stuff. I thought you got Finn some... looked great in it, yeah. and that's the part. That's but the last like three minutes, I just went, "What is going on?" Like yeah, he's convulsing the... on the floor and everything. He was convulsing, then he gets up. He's like, "Oh, this is the unstoppable." You yeah. came and punch him, Kota Bushi at Russell Kingdom type thing. Yeah, and all of a sudden it's like, "Oh, by the way, he loses because the rope breaks." Didn't, didn't need the demon here. Definitely could have just went Finn. 
and Roman, you didn't need because once again, you, the payoff isn't there. You're not seeing the demon rise above the unstoppable force to win the title. You not you're not going that route, so it didn't yeah. benefit you to go to the demon, right? And you know, I and I don't think it was the right time. He's been kind of off for a while. The demon thing has. I think you should have left him alone for a bit. Yeah. You know, lit. You know, when he did it, you know, when he beat Seth to win the Universal Title the first time. That was a big moment, right? Yeah, That's he, he, he did it to win the IC title right. at Mania 35 yeah, to beat right. Aaron Corbin or whatever. Exactly. For the IC title. So, like, yeah, like, okay, there are certain moments where you go, okay, now that makes some sense. Mm-hmm. But in this particular case, as much as I get where it's like he's got to go to that level to beat Roman, if you're not going to beat Roman, then he doesn't need it. Yeah. Because you're, you're just killing this guy mm-hmm. with this alter ego portion of it where you go, oh, well, yeah. he can't be Roman. Still. They also didn't like beef up the demon enough on the main roster. Like, if you didn't watch NXT, yeah. you've seen him be the demon. Right. We just named what twice. Yeah. Right. And now all of a sudden, this third time. But yeah. like, you have no like inkling of like, oh, when he goes demon mode, mm-hmm. it's like different. Right. You know, like I don't, I don't know how many characters I ever had like alter ego that's just unstoppable. Right. But. Like, that's what they were trying to do with Bray Wyatt and The Fiend was, like, Bray Wyatt was a normal guy, but when he entered, like, The Fiend mode, yeah, right. it was, like, oh, my God, it's, like, a different person. And then he loses the Hell And then he loses the Hell in a Cell by and disqualification. We, and we all go, I don't get it. Yeah. But, like, I think, like, but, like, they needed more, like, they needed, like, him to do this 20 times beforehand mm-hmm. to go, okay, so when he is demon mode, he's, like, unstoppable. And I'm even, I'm, like, I'm okay with because I get what like Roman's just so unstoppable that he can yeah. even beat the demon, right. but they didn't gas up the demon enough no. for me right. to be like okay, so he just beat That's Finn right. Balor yeah, in pain. Finn. If, if you would have just had them go on a different pay per view and it just Finn versus Roman and they give him twenty minutes, see what I would have great match. So what I would have liked is if Roman beats regular Finn here, and then the demon and then comes the demon out, comes out, flips it, beats up Roman to close the show. Well, yeah. not even not even that. But how about for the next like two or three months, build up the demon, have him come out yeah. a whole bunch of times, beat up on everyone, just absolutely destroy people, and go as the demon now. Yeah, right. I think I can beat you. Right. And then right, he, right. and then even the, he beats the demon later. Right. But like you can set up a longer storyline with it. But now it's just. I'm the demon, I lose, and now it's over. Yeah. It's just kind of like yeah. quick and done. I'm and- interested to see what they're doing. Um, let's talk the draft here real fast. Um, you know, I don't think there's any surprises. I'm glad Hit Rose getting called up. I think that's going to be yeah. a great group for SmackDown. Yeah. Austin Theory getting called up. He is a... He's on Raw. I'm, I'm going to tell you this right now, and I'm putting it out there right now. He's gonna be a star. Is is uh so Monday they're bringing yeah, they're more people. Yeah, yeah, they've done some. They've done some drafts of other is, people. So, so was far. is it that thing where they have like a pool of people they can choose from? Well, the, or, yeah, I don't know. Well, because like if you saw why they only yesterday, like, yesterday they did on on a sh- on one of their shows. I don't know the bump or whatever the one of the talking shows smack. Is. I think it was. Yeah, they they added they drafted a whole bunch more people. Yeah, right. It's so like Tony Storm's on SmackDown. Blah blah blah. Like a whole bunch of people. I think Mace and T Bar got broken up, which is awesome because T Bar. Yeah, Dominic Dijakovic, for those who don't know who that is, um, should just get rid of the face paint and be Dominic Dijakovic and just be yeah. good, just be a good wrestler again. Um, but uh, I don't think there's any shot. Like I said, I, I'm glad that NXT is involved this year, which is nice. Like I said, Hit Row, big fan of them. I think they're clicky. Did anyone cool. move from main roster to NXT? Not yet. Not yet. No, okay. I don't. I don't know if that's going to happen I don't or think not. So either, but um, I was a little shocked that Roman got drafted to SmackDown. I have a 
feeling in my gut we're going to see a Cena Triple H type of thing where he gets drafted first and then later on gets drafted back or goes somewhere see, else. See, but my thing is they drafted Big E already to Raw. Right. So are they going to just flip them? I don't know. That's what I'm saying. I don't know what's going to – because they moved the New Day – the other two people the New Day back to SmackDown. Yeah. So it's like, okay, you're so really trying to get – Do they do like a trade? And at know. that point, I'm like, right. that's a dumb trade. All right, here's Big E for Roman Reigns. Yeah, exactly. You know, that's a dumb – where yeah. do the Usos end up? SmackDown 2? Uh, they haven't got drafted yet. I don't okay, think. so I think so. wherever the Usos goes where he's going to go. So. Yeah, so that's why I'm like, I don't know if they're just going to keep him there. That's yeah. that. So there's still some mystery. And I guess that's part of the, the charm of it, right? By the time people are hearing this, you're either going to know what happened on Raw or, or, or whatever. Or listen to speculation yeah, right. about it and exactly. then know later. Um, but, I mean, I didn't think I didn't think it was a bad draft necessarily. I think they did it okay. I, I'm, you know, it's one of those things. I kind of, I don't know how you feel about it, but. I kind of missed the years, the seven, eight, nine, ten years where it just they had two people from two shows wrestle each other, and then it went. Yeah, no, see, my my just a guy. My my problem with the drafts they do now is yeah. I don't like like throwing everyone into free agency to redraft yes. everyone. Yeah, I, don't I like, like that either. I like like okay specific people you, move. Yeah, you like you have like your set forty people rosters. Yeah, and then it's like okay, we're gonna. Now, like, okay, so Raw wins. You're picking from one of these 40 yeah. instead of, okay, we just get, like, three rounds of drafts right. and you just draft whoever right. you want. Yeah, exactly. Like, I like just, like, because like because then, like, the, the cast of people, like, I remember the 2009 draft because that's when I started watching yeah. last week, so I was very into it. Yeah. But, like, I just remember that being, like, um, you had your set of people and not everyone just left, but it was like, oh, Punk came over. Yeah. And, oh, you have now Jericho and Mysterio. Like, right. You just had people from Raw go to SmackDown, but you still had like Edge Everybody's, and stuff right. on SmackDown. Right. So you knew every week, okay, I'm still seeing Edge every week, right. but now I get Rey Mysterio right. and these guys, but now we right. lost this guy. Yeah, exactly. But yes. if you only watch one show, it's like, okay, who did we get? Like, we have a whole list now. It's like, all right, so we got this good. Like, yeah. It's like exactly. resets no, the I whole totally system. agree with you. Like, I enjoyed the fact that, okay, like, listen, okay, we've got Roman and the Usos and blah, 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 right? Okay, Usos got drafted over here. Okay, but we still have, Roman is still going to be on SmackDown, right? Yeah. I, I like that better because of today's thing, right? Like when you first had the brand split, it made sense to like when you first were going to announce the brand split. Okay, hard drafts, right? McMahon, Flair, whatever. We're so far past that at this point, yeah. where it doesn't it doesn't have the same good spot to it. My thing is, I also, like Drew going to SmackDown, yeah, and I like Edge going to Raw. I think that's cool. I'm still gonna bang the horn on that. Yeah. they don't need a like brand yeah. split yeah. and there are people that are like oh but like you have raw and smackdown and you need specific people but i'm like you could just do what AEW does and just have roman on both shows if you want or have lesnar yeah. on both shows if you want like yeah. it, you i don't think you need dual branded stuff yeah yeah but, i think it's just trying to especially because they don't do individual pay-per-views anymore so, like, remember when they first tried to do it a couple of years ago? Yeah, like, 2016, they were like, all right, here's SmackDown's yeah. Backlash, right. and here's exactly. Raw's Hell in the Cell or right. whatever. Yeah, exactly. Now it's like, okay, both shows are combining yeah. for this show, and I'm like, okay, so then why yeah, do you need the brand split? I think they're split? just trying to evolve. I think they're still trying to get as many people on TV as they can. They're not trying to overexpose people. I see perks to both of it. I do. Yeah. Um, well, if you weren't trying to – see, my thing, though, is if you weren't trying to overexpose, you would combine the brands – because then you could just have like people on both. Shows. I guess I see the point in both. But yeah. if you combine them and you just had Roman Reigns, you don't need Roman Reigns. You don't need the champions on both shows. Right. But the I guess the point to my counterpoint to that is okay. If you if you combine the rosters, right, mm -hmm. and then you still then you're gonna go and say, all right, well Roman's gonna be on Raw, 
And then is he also going to be on SmackDown? No, but I think you could have him like come up with the Usos, right? And have like watch him do a tag match, yeah. And then you you still get to see Roman right. if you're there. But even like right now, right? Like we don't see Kenny every single week, exactly. on, on Rampage and stuff like that. But I but that's because I think you 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 don't have anybody like they, they're they're two different shows, I guess. Mm-hmm. Like like where WWE wants you to think Raw and SmackDown are equal. Yeah. AEW has made it very clear they're not equal. Yeah. Rampage and Dynamite are not the same, right? Mm-hmm. So I think that's another challenge in itself yeah. too. And then you got more guys. That's another thing too, right? So there's just a lot of yeah, chutzpah. I, do, yeah, I, I just I, don't want SmackDown like if they were to combine rosters again, I'm not going to be mad, but I just don't want SmackDown just to be like the garbage beef show. See, again. and so like and I've heard complaints that like they were like, yeah. "Well, Fox wants a specific amount of pe- like specific yeah. people on their show." But I'm like, "Wouldn't it be easier yeah, if US like if USA pool. if you talk to specifically USA and Fox and they're like, "All right, here's a list of guys that we want to see on our shows." Right. Wouldn't it be easier to have a combined roster? Oh yeah. And sure. then be like, "Okay, you want Lesnar on this show? Okay, we'll yeah. put Lesnar because it's easy because there's no defined because it's annoying because they'll do this brand split, and in two months, they'll go, so here's the wild card rule where we're just going to move people around anyway. Wild card rule, yeah. I or know. whatever it is. Or they're going to – the jumpity-jump rule or whatever where a guy yeah. – the champion over here can jump over Thankfully, here. Thankfully, they haven't done that recently, which has been good, right? Yeah. Outside of the Roman bleeding over a little bit. But outside of that, it's been okay. So, yeah. Um, we're, you know, I think the draft's going to be okay. I'm interested to see – like final rosters, right? Yeah. We'll maybe do a, uh, a little bit of compare contrast just to see, okay, who really got who got the ahead of it, you mm-hmm. know, type of thing. Thought Drew going to SmackDown was cool. I thought it was needed. I think Edge going to Raw uh, makes a lot of sense, right? I think he's kind of exhausted his options on SmackDown with the top talent, right? Mm-hmm. Him and Seth, him and Roman, him and Brian at the time. So I think now him going to Raw, mm-hmm. I'm still not ruling out an Edge World Title run. Just throwing that out there. Just saying. Going to Rome makes it a lot more Just possible to happen. Just saying. Yep. And I'm not even going to be mad about it. I know I crap on it most of the time. Don't care. I'm a fan. It happens. Um, but yeah. Just an interesting cake for sure. We'll compare and contrast rosters next week, you know, and we'll get ready to go. But that's going to be it for this week's show, though, guys. Uh, once again, oh, just want to kind of put out, put this out here too, guys. If you follow us on Facebook, you are going to be able to see, uh, you know, I don't do the best job of posting every episode on Facebook. Now I don't have to. Uh, so if you are, if you do like us on Facebook, first of all, if you haven't liked our page on Facebook, go ahead and like it, please. Uh, it's just, I'm always right. Let's look it up in your search bar. You'll find it right there. Um, but uh, we've uh, we've attached our, our RSS feed to Facebook now, so Facebook automatically posts all of our new episodes every time we post a new one, okay. which is kind of nice. So be on the lookout for that, though, guys. We really appreciate it. So if you want to listen through Facebook, you have that ability now. Um, we're also looking at another uh, – we're also going to be, I think, starting – I think relatively soon here, actually, we're going to be – on uh, what is it called? I'm gonna look this up here on air. On verbal, verbal picked up uh, picked us up as well. So if you want to listen to us on that radio station as well, we've uh, we've claimed our show on there. So be on the lookout for that as well. Um, but obviously we're gonna be on all the rest of the streaming sites as well. And make sure you guys go to SwiftLifestyles.com, get 15% off using our code Always Right for all products. Um, if you guys want us to switch and go to a different uh, provider, let us know. We're, we've been in talks with a couple of companies, Raise uh, Energy. We've been in talks with them. Uh, Rogue Energy as well. We've been in talks with them. So if you guys like a specific product more, uh, let us know. For whatever reason, You know, we can try to make that happen for you guys and get you guys some sweet discounts. So let us know about that. We appreciate all the support, uh, support for the show the last 
few months has been phenomenal. I really hope to close out 2021 with a bang with, you know, not only high, great quality content, but with the viewership being up and everything like that, we really appreciate it. We work hard every single week to make sure consistently we are here for you guys. Um, and we thank you guys for reciprocating that effort with your support. So once again, guys, we are now on Facebook and uh, what did I say? Verbal was the other one that we're mm -hmm. on now. So it's a big time, uh, big time to be a part of the show. So jump on the train now. But on behalf of, I guess not the missing whale man this week because he was via telephone call. He's the Merck's own Mike Merkel on the mouth of Michigan, Robin Dega. And we will see you guys as always next time.